Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk through horror through the lens of human behavior and just talk about horror because we really enjoy it. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) Okay, so I am super excited about the movie we are going to talk about today. We are talking about the 2019 horror comedy action movie, Ready or Not. The rules are simple. Uh, You can hide anywhere inside the house. We then count to 100 and try to um, uh, find you. Well, don't you think you have a little bit of an advantage? Oh, no, no, we never use the cameras. We always play the games as they wouldn't play it in great-grandfather's time, Uh always. So there's no way for me to win, right? Well, you you could, I mean, stay hidden till dawn. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So the movie is directed by Matt Bentinelli Olpin, but he's also, I found out through my internet search, that he is also directing the new Scream movie that's coming out in 2022. What? Oh, Wait, he really? Is? He is, and I did not realize it. So I'm excited to see what that is going to be. We'll probably talk about that at a later time because the original was just so great in itself, but I'm excited about the new one. And he did the VHS movies, right? He did also oh, the with- first one? Uh, yeah, he did the first one along with the second director of this movie, Tyler Gillett. They both mm-hmm. did the VHS movies. Oh. And this movie was written by Guy Fieri, LOL. His name is Guy Busick. Um, <laughs> I, had to, I really like second guess there for a moment. Like, whoa. I was like, if Danny, <laughs> Mc- if Danny McBride can write a Halloween movie, why can't Guy Fieri write a Ready or Not movie? Right. I mean, there wasn't enough cooking for him, but, you know, I saw his first name is Guy. So I was like, Guy Fury. Um, I do feel like this movie has a bit of a flavor town, you know, aesthetic. <laughs> Absolutely. It, great things. So it was written by Guy Busick and R. Christopher Murphy. It's starring uh, Samara Weaving, Adam Brody, and Mark O'Brien, which I don't really, I don't think I knew any of them from any other films did you guys wait anybody that's the three people i named the the star people star people <laughs> yeah i mean samara weaving is for what's it jamie what's it called the bo- the the babysitter the babysitter, and then oh, and then yes. the sequel that came out this year the babysitter colon killer queen yes <laughs> she yes. was also if you've seen it she was also in um uh the new bill and ted movie mm, mm-hmm. and then she was also in what's the other uh three billboards outside of ebbing missouri she also and, apparently was in ash versus the evil dead which i watched all of that series um but i can't remember i that's a i would love to rewatch all of that i'm gonna have to get into it i, I, I don't know these things i did i did watch the babysitter 
So I oh, yes, yeah. I do know from that. And then Adam Brody is from like the OC and Shazam. He's nope. in the ring. He's the male <laughs> teen one in the ring. Fancy. Adam Brody's in the ring. It says male teen one. Like I'm sure he's just like in the background or something like that. Yeah, I guess if you never watched the OC, like no. Yeah, you wouldn't totally know who he is. Uh, and Mark O'Brien. Mark O'Brien uh, was on Halt and Catch Fire and a couple other things, but uh, and then and then obviously like Andy McDowell's in it as well, who's the best. So that's the mom, yes. Yeah. Okay. The well, I'm I'm the producer, by the way. If you're just like tuning in for the, I'm yes. Brian, the producer. I forgot. Hi, Brian, the producer. Hi, Brian. He helps us with all of the post and and keeping us on track, so we're not going off kilter with everything, <laughs> which I tend to do. But I do want to say about the mom, Andy. She, how I know her is from the movie Beauty Shop that stars Queen Latifah because she plays one of the (laughs) clients that gets her hair braided. And it's like black culture, barbershop movies. They had a beauty shop movie for the girls. And that is literally my first interaction. with. Um, I I love everything about that movie. You've never seen like Groundhog Day or Four Weddings and a Funeral? Oh, I, yes. I did see Four Weddings and a Funeral. I did not see Groundhog Day, but I saw the musical. And that was pretty sure. great. Um, it was. Well, I actually think it's an improvement on the movie. Wait, but. Mina Suvari is in Beauty Shop and Kevin Bacon? Oh, wait, and Alicia <laughs> yes. Silverstone? What is this cast? <laughs> exactly. This is wild. It's it's a classic. And Wait, maybe we need to, like, change the scope of this podcast because, like, I mean... This is. I mean, uh, I'm two people who have been in the movies we've covered so far are in Beauty Shop, so yes, we might as well. I mean, yeah, Alicia next, next week. <laughs> next week, this is now an Alicia Silverstone stand podcast. It is. <laughs> he literally plays somebody from the South who like does black people hair and braids. It's quite fantastic, and I loved every second of it. But anyway, aside from that. What is new in your life, Jamie? Do you want to share some things? Uh, like what I've watched recently? Yeah. <laughs> Anything. Life. What or are, just what general are life things. I think all of the above. The people need to know. Well, I can say that my relationship status with our producer has, has changed. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. not only is he the producer, but also he is now engaged to be wed to me. Yes, insert fanfare here. I mean, we we did watch the perfect movie for our engagement this weekend. Absolutely. This is this is going to be a great conversation about yes. in-laws and generational <laughs> trauma. <laughs> but yes. I, um, yeah, I forgot to tell you about my uh my family's large gaming emporium. <laughs> Listen, yes. I have a pretty pretty good shot of not pulling hide and seek. Oh, that was something I wondered. Like, how many games are oh, well, in that we box? We should also say, like, a spoiler alert for yes, for yes. listeners um, that we are going to talk about many aspects of this movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, you might want to pause, take a little watch, and then and then come back and join us. Absolutely. But uh, yes, we did. Um, we did get engaged, and it's very exciting. Yes. 
Well, before we get into it, because I know Brian was about to comment on the gamings, all of the games that the family had. Uh, Jamie, do you want to describe just kind of the basic plot of the movie, ready or not? So Samara Weaving is um, marrying Mark O'Brien, um, and he is part of this like family of uh, a game gaming family, gaming emporium. They have made board games um, for many generations and are very wealthy and. On the wedding night, as per family tradition, the new member of the family has to play a game with the family, pick a card out of this um, old box, and the one card that she picks is Hide and Seek, and that is the the only game, it seems, although I'm sure we'll get into rules, um, where uh, she has to hide and the family is seeking her out to to sacrifice her. Yes, all of the all of the sacrificing. So on a general note, was it your first time seeing it or, or have you seen this movie before? We've seen that I've seen this movie before, um, okay. one time before. I saw it in theaters when it came out. I mean, I loved it the first time, and it mm-hmm. still really holds up. It was so, it's so engaging, like right from the beginning. Samara Weave, she's so charming. There's like things that they're sprinkling in to kind of give you a backstory on her, and it just like really pulls you in even more, and you like, become very invested in her. She does such a good job at like making you care about her. She like names that she was in the foster care system and like just things where she like really wants that connection. And you can tell that she's like very committed to, to him and committed to like joining their family and is like willing for, for a bit to like put up with, you know, being put through the ringer. It, it really just like sucked me in. And I found myself like already feeling that like intense anxiety starting it all over again. Have you seen this before? Yeah, I definitely saw it before. I want to say I watched it during quarantine because it used to be, I want to say on Amazon prime for a little bit. I think it was on HBO max for a little bit. Um, I think it it was somewhere. It was somewhere. Yeah. 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 yeah, It was streaming somewhere, but then I had to get a Cinemax, uh, seven day subscription (laughs) to watch, (laughs) to watch this time around. But I definitely saw it before. And you're right, Jamie, like the, my anxiety was through the roof, even knowing what was going to happen. And I think that's just a testament to how great of a setup the movie is. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about like what we deem are good characteristics of horror movies. And I think with this one, setting it up from the beginning of like this is what we're getting into really just helps you stay invested in the story because I mean you have the opening scene they're killing the um the groom and you just know like when they come to uh Samara weaving and that wedding that some like shit is going to go down and so you're like okay so we know that this is going to happen she's going to draw the card obviously but how is she going to get through this and how they set up like her slowly realizing what's going on. And then like, because we already know, but now it's a game of like waiting until she finds out what's happening. And I think that's like, what kind of brings people in. It's like, okay, when is she going to find out? And what is the husband actually going to do? Like, is he going to truly help her? Is anybody else in the family going to help them? So yeah, I think it definitely holds up as a good movie. It's cheeky. I mean, they like shout out the rules multiple times. I (laughs) love movie rules yes. so much <laughs> and i love when they're done well and i mm-hmm. i just love movie rules also if jamie and anyone was interested i i was also with jamie when we saw ready or not <laughs> yes. um, um we saw it at eight twenty 
at the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn in Theater 6 on Saturday, August 24th. I, I have the ticket stub. Love a draft house. They're the best. Yes, They yes, have yes. the best boozy milkshakes. Like, I'm not, Everything. like, a huge, like, maybe, actually, thinking about, like, the times where I've had, like, alcohol plus some kind of dairy product. Like, I actually think <laughs> I do really love that combination. Um, I made co- I made Coquito for, um, for Christmas this year, but they have the best boozy milkshakes. Yes, I agree. When I, at Ellen Stardust Diner too, I would always get, they would have like fireball in a milkshake, which sounds disgusting, but I was here for it. <laughs> Let's like dive into the mental health aspect because like, I will always have questions about this and the fact that this movie is so centered around family and around um, generational trauma. I just want to talk about like how you felt that was represented with the children and how they were coping with knowing what was going on because we had, you know, the um, daughter that was like cracked out and like had to be on drugs all the time to just be stable. You had the um, alcoholic brother and his wife who was just like, I came from nothing. So you're not going to take this away from me. So if I have to shoot you, I will. (laughs) And which is what happened. So can you just talk a little bit about like that representation of like generational trauma? Before she jumps in, just as for viewers, if you didn't watch, like the movie opens up with a flashback of the 80s, the last time that somebody pulled a hide and seek card and Daniel, the Adam Brody character, has to make a decision whether to give up the guy who's running around and he does. What we're meant to have seen is that the the kids in this family, at least the two boys as the kids in this family, have lived through this before when they were very young. And so this is them kind of living through it again, but in a more personal manner. So I just want to add a little context to that. Absolutely. It's so interesting because um, you see these kids like witnessing something incredibly traumatic and and violent. And like, you have to wonder what that does to them growing up. And like, you know, the younger son seemingly leaving the the family, like the family doing his own thing and like separating himself. But like, there's still something that is drawing him back to the family, whether it's like, you know, in this case, the rules, but thinking about like life and that like larger connection that like blood is thicker than water, like those Mm -hmm. things that like always kind of pull us back in and seeing like, how does that kind of have, how does that like linger under the surface of growing up separated from your family, like viewing him versus like the older brother's character, you know, he's not handling it well. Like he's trying, he's like drinking through the entire event. Um, and I'm sure is like probably processing what he did previously. And, and you can see kind of like comparing him to being younger and like the decision that he made to draw attention to that, like new husband when he was a kid. And then like, as an adult, like doing certain things and and making certain decisions where it's like, he gave her a head start one time, then he knocked her out and brought her back. Then he helped her again. So like, he's clearly like grappling with his role and his family connection and like, the past experience and if he wants to to you know change his future like connected to the family um i think the part that like really highlights it is when his when the mom is talking to the younger brother and like talking to him about like coming home it's even clear outside of that interaction that like 
she holds this power as like the matriarch of the family, even Mm -hmm. as the outsider, which I think is so interesting. Like in the beginning you see her and she's like, you know, I, I had to like play the silly game, but like now I'm here and like, you know, fuck, fuck all of them. Like don't let them tell you that you don't belong. Cause like you get to decide that. But like she she holds so much power. You can see it in all of her interactions when she's like dictating to people, like you have to like cover all the doors, like all these things, like everyone's listening to her, everyone's like following her lead. And so like her kind of like connecting one-on-one with the youngest son and just being like, you know, how can you say that like this person who you've only known for a year really knows you better than your family? Like I know you best. Like I'm the one that really knows you. And like that moment, like kind of like really strung a a chord, struck a chord with me. There are pressures that come from, from your family. And and like, regardless of like how much you might try to set boundaries or like separate yourself from these, these past things or from the things that like your family's trying to pull you into, like you could still be drawn back into it, whether it's because you believe that like, if you don't kill the bride, you'll die because of a, a, you know, a curse with, with Satan um, or, or for other reasons. So I really like the way that like they use the, the big bad is like, there's a timeline and like something bad's going to happen to them as the, as the pressure. But like that pressure feels so real for so many people who might, who might have really challenging family dynamics. No, absolutely. This is all great things. And it's literally like lighting, igniting things in my brain to like continue to ask you and talk about. But it's so interesting the what you're talking about, the juxtaposition of helping her because they just want to save their own lives or helping because they want to assist in the family dynamic. Like with the daughter, I think her name is Emily, that um, was the one that kept shooting the maids and doing everything wrong. And you could tell that she just wanted to like please her family, you know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a matter of like, I want to kill this person because I don't want to die. It was because I don't want my kids to die, which was right. interesting. And that's, that was one thing that stuck out to me was when the, um, she was talking to the older brother as they were like disposing of one of the maids bodies. I was accidentally caught in the crossfire and she was, he was saying we all deserve to die because we're doing this stupid thing and we basically have a pact with the devil and this is just going to keep going and people are going to potentially keep dying. And is this even real? And is it even real? Like, we don't even know if it's real. And then she was like, well, my kids don't deserve to die. But then you turn around later on in the movie and the kid is like, in it with them like they don't know any better and they're trying to shoot the bride you know trying to shoot uh grace and the mom is like oh i'm so proud of you you like did this work and it's just Mm -hmm. like this it's so interesting (laughs) i totally forgot that the kid shoots her and i was genuinely shocked a second time watching it when she puts her hand out and the bullet goes through and whatnot. I, I totally forgot about that. That was wild. Also the prosthetics for all of her injuries, quite incredible. That when she's like, like squeezing through the fence and you're just like watching that long scene of her, like be cut open. The cringiest thing I, my, my chest could never, could never fit through those that fence I and and we'll talk about this too of like scenarios where we think that we would have survived 
I just want to throw out there, like at that point, I would have been like, just take me now. I, I can't, I can't do this. I can't escape. And my anxiety. There is were so many bushes. I was like, why can't she just like hide in a bush? I don't know. I feel like that. I mean, that's what I do. I'm five, three. I'm not like scaling fences. <laughs> yes. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a curvy person. I'm not going to be able to squeeze through this like ridiculous. Also, how she like even pulled the bar. I don't know like no how clue. strong you have to be. Or how like decrepit that thing was for her too. Sure. Or maybe like yeah. just the sheer adrenaline of like wanting to get away. Like, I mean. Oh yeah. I That was like one of my notes. Like the part where, the, speaking of the part where she has her hand blown open when yes. she falls in the the goat pit which that's oh. the part that I forgot about gross um but great and she's like <laughs> climbing out and like you know you they they do that part so perfectly because like you see her hand climbing and and like hovering you yes. see the nail there you know it's gonna you know exactly what's going to happen and like I'm like I'm sitting in the seat and I'm just like I feel like I want to throw up because I know that her hand is going to go through that nail and I hate it. But then all I'm thinking is like, as much as she's screaming, which she's like an ex, she does an excellent job with her like guttural screams. Oh, um, yes. She must have so much adrenaline pumping through her body that like, she, I don't even know if she would feel the nail when she like puts her hand down. I know. And what, what I thought about the, the first time around, I mean, the, the fact that her nail hits, her hand hits the nail, got me both times. Like I was surprised both times, but the first time I was like, well, there's a hole. And I thought that the nail would like go through like the already open hole in her hand, but it was like, no, it's just going to be even more of like destruction on her hand. And it just the cringiest. And again, if I would have fell in that pit, I would have been like, Lord, take me now. Like I'm done. I've tried. I got shot already. Like, it's just going to be over for me. I've lived a great life. Awesome. I'm going to be done because absolutely not. But yeah, I think that they definitely did a good job of like, is she going to get away? Is she not? Who's going to help her? Who's not? And that just like keeps you on edge the whole time because you really have no clue what, what is happening. It's just a matter of, but I will say one thing that did, I was like, I don't think that's truly believable was when uh, the husband finds her at the very beginning of the hide and seek game. And the maid gets shot right in front of them while they're hiding behind the bed and she doesn't scream. She just like covers her mouth. And I was like, you literally just watched somebody's face get blown off and you didn't even give like a peep. I mean, I know we're like, we're like hiding and things, but she didn't know at the time, like that's what was actually happening. The people were trying to kill her. I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but I was like, mm, you no, should have. No, it's interesting. Cause like afterward I was talking to Brian and he mentioned like, oh, I think it'd be interesting to like explore fighter flight. And, mm-hmm. and like, that's like one of the moments where it's like, when you're like the idea that like when your adrenaline is pumping, because like there's something that you need that, like there's something that's like putting you in direct danger and like how your body responds is like not necessarily always in your control and, Mm. and how like when your adrenaline starts to pump, you can like one response is, is like getting up and getting ready to like, you know, fight somebody like punch, punch the threat in the face, use that as your way to escape or 
flight. So like literally trying to like get away, run away, but also like one, one that I think people are talking about more as, as a response to like some kind of like terrifying event is freeze as a, as a valid Mm. response where like you just completely tense up and like, like you, you can't move, you can't like respond. Um, but keeping in mind that like all of these things are like the ways that our, our brain is telling us like how to, how to protect ourselves in different scenarios. So like, we don't always have control over these things, but like our, it's like literally our body trying to like, trying to put us into like safety mode to, to, to survive, to survive whatever trauma or like horrific thing is happening in that moment. So like maybe in that moment, like seeing that maid's face get blown off was like put her in like a freeze where like she couldn't even scream because like the adrenaline just like was like going right in that moment seeing that. So on that same note though, would you consider, this is the first time that this has happened basically in this family's lifetime. I mean, we had the one where the younger brothers, but like it's been a a few years since they've had to Mm -hmm. play this game. And there's new people who have come into the family fold and everybody was just so ready to just kill people. Do you think that that fight or flight of like my life against yours made them make the decision of like, I'm not going to be afraid to shoot. I mean, because if I had to like go and kill somebody, you know, like my first thing isn't going to be like, yes, let's go. I'm ready. Like, I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to not know what to do. But a lot of them were just kind of like, we're ready to go. Do you think that's also kind of like that fight or flight that you're talking about? I think theirs is more like premeditated. Okay. I think that there's definitely some level of fear maybe operating kind of like what you mentioned before where the um yeah the woman who married the older brother was like you know where I've come from before like I'm mm-hmm. not going back to that so like this idea I mean that that's like one piece where like we we don't really know where she's come from if it's just her saying like she lived a lifestyle that like you know when she wasn't like disgustingly rich versus now, or if it was like maybe something like bad happened in her past. Like we don't really know, but like her response definitely made it seem like something more alarming in her past, but also like the threat of something future is that like, they don't really fully know what will happen if they don't go through with this, but they, Mm -hmm. they are under the belief that something will happen. And I think, I do think that like, as time goes on throughout the movie and it gets closer and closer to, um, to like sunrise that that threat like is more imminent and like maybe their reactions could be based on, on the adrenaline pumping or the fact that like, like when the father makes the comment um, that like, like, how is she doing this? Like, she's, she's getting us one by one. Right. Um, Where like most of the deaths, like were accidental by his own daughter, but, (laughs) um, but like at that moment where it's like, if he is under the perception that like his own family is being picked off, then like, how might that also kind of, uh, accelerate the, like, we really have to get her like both before sunrise, but also before she gets any more of us, like that, that type of threat that I think is, is increasing throughout the course of the movie. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it was just a lot of like, is blood thicker than water? Because the fact that people are dealing with something that happened generations ago, 
and they have to make the decision to continue on with it, but they really don't know what's going on. Like, it's definitely a thing of, I, I guess I'm going to keep doing this because I don't know. I mean, that's just an interesting, that's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Like but I do. Accepting responsibility for something that like they then even choose necessarily. Right. But like in some ways, some of them, like you said, like some of them are taking it on, like this, the youngest son of mm-hmm. the sister choosing to, to like shoot the bride, um, yes. is, is like, you know, and his reasoning is like, well, everybody else was doing it. Like right, something, exactly. so there's something already happening where like he's being indoctrinated, whether he like is fully aware. Um, and then, and like that just like continues on and on. Um, and, and, yeah, it, it's not something that he's necessarily even like understanding or choosing the ultimate, like has all of that information to make that decision, but like everyone else is doing it. And like, I'm, I'm part of this family too. So like, why wouldn't I do this too? Right. And we don't have to get too deep into this, but it also made me think about like, when people talk about slavery and black people and like generational trauma with that and things in fight or flight senses that might have like carried on with you. I know this is a different like situation and scenario because Mm -hmm. it's, it's different, but it definitely just makes you think about what things have been already kind of indoctrined in you, like physically because of things that have happened that have been like carried, carried on, you know, through, throughout generations. And it's just an interesting thing to think about that. Sometimes you're just like the kid and it's like, my family is doing it. So I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. You have that naive mindset of like, I'm just following my family. And then some people like the older brother who knew it was wrong. And so he carried that guilt with him, you know, all the Mm -hmm. way through his life. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to think about uh, what things in your family that have happened in the past that you might not have known about or heard about, but you come into your adult life and realize, oh, that kind of like fucked me up and I didn't even realize, <laughs> you know, like yeah. every therapy session ever <laughs> of literally just like, oh, wow, I do this because I experienced this when I was growing up and I didn't even realize how much of an impact that that had on me. Like surprise, surprise, surprise. This movie is way deeper than <laughs> we expected, guys. Than just Satan. And just saying, yes. But uh, I do want to ask on a lighter side, do you have any family traditions that you want to like carry on in your life? Either, are you too, Brian? Like, since you are becoming one family, are there things like that you do that's a tradition you carry over? I think the exciting thing is that we're creating these, a lot of these traditions and like combining something from my yes. family and her family. Like she had mentioned like earlier. Like we're going to start like, you know, sacrificing for Satan. Yeah, Absolutely. game nights on what game nights. Yeah, on our wedding night, we're going to play a game with everybody. Oh my God. Um, and we'll have the weapons ready. But I, I do think that like. Just give me the crossbow. Um, that's all I ask. <laughs> okay. Do you have to watch um, a YouTube video in the bathroom? Yes. How to use it? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I'll get back to I'll get back to traditions. But I do have to say, I I forgot how um, genuinely funny this was. I feel like there are a mm. lot of like black comedy horror movies that like are more like grotesque and more like quirky and weird than actually genuinely like belly laugh funny and i thought that that has to do with that was this and going back to what you said before a lot of that humor came from the fact that like these people knew that they would have to like kill 
um, because they were to- like, even though they played old maid at their wedding or, or go fish mm-hmm. at this wedding, like they were all like prepared and told as, as Jamie had mentioned, but like the comedy comes from like them never handling weapons, not only weapons, but like very old weapons before. Yes. So I, I really appreciated all of that. But in terms of uh, traditions, I mean, one of my favorite things we did was the, we made the cook, as she mentioned, we made the coquito for like the holidays. Mm-hmm. I want to do that every year. That was like, it was fun in the kitchen with us. And then we got to like drink booze afterwards. Um, <laughs> I love that. Like, I don't know. I really like the combining of traditions and making them our own. And then we can pick and choose kind of like something I like that we kind of do is um, our birthdays are pretty close together. We'll get like something small, of course, but like we plan like the gift to each other is like we split a trip around that time. Like we, two years ago we did new Orleans and then, uh, and then last year we didn't do anything because we were inside. And then this year we're probably not going to do anything because we're inside. Um, But we'll do it again. (laughs) I I promise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A great excuse. Let's just not because we can't. Yes. <laughs> that's 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 really good. Well, Brian, do you have any trivia? The only trivia trivia I found, which I didn't even know, was Samara Weaving is Hugo Weaving's niece. I don't know who that is. Who's um, that? From The Matrix. From Yeah, okay. Uh, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> and uh, Red Skull. Oh, Lord of the Rings. But I, I, I do have some questions for you. For, yeah, yeah. for all of you. Um, the first one is, okay, let's pretend she picked like blackjack or go fish or something like that. Mm-hmm. And everything is fine. Obviously we don't get a movie. We got to know her during this movie. Like I was thinking about like, how does this person, cause I kind of think we have motivation for the other people like you talked about, like getting re- like being explained, like how would he even like go about explaining like, okay, you didn't pick hide and seek. This is what happens with hide and seek. Thank God. And like, because we made a deal with the devil, like our, our ancestors made a deal. We have to do the sacrifice. Like, Oh, by the way, we like, we like slit goats throats every once in a while just mm-hmm. to give a sacrifice. I want to learn more about those rules. Like, like every wedding where they don't pick one, do they slit a goat's throat? That's you what I, I think. Mean? Yeah. I would say the same. That- so there were other, sorry, I know you were going to ask a question, but when she fell into the no, goat sorry. barn, there were other skulls, there were other like bodies down there. So were those, mm-hmm. do we assume that those are the bodies of the people who chose, like they, they referenced other people who had died when he was explaining the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, do we think mm-hmm. that's who is in, was in there? That's what I assumed. Like, people who died in various ways or decided not to play the game or whatever. And, you know, Mm -hmm. died in house fires. Like they just threw them all, threw them all in the pit. Maybe they do a very poor job of like, I mean, I guess they're rich, so they don't need to like do a good job of like covering their tracks. Cause like money will get that done for you, I guess. Yes. As we learned from a lot of other films. Um, but yeah, that's a really good question. I don't know. Um, but, uh, so how do you think like she would have taken the news? Would she have believed it? Like, do you live with it so much like within like your in-laws that like you just like kind of accept it and laugh it off? And then all of a sudden, like in two weddings, someone picks that card. I guess like I guess like w- like what do you think would have happened to Grace if she survived, but then like had to learn all about that? Also, I do want to say who wouldn't just like go downstairs and play a game? Like who just was like, you know what? It's my wedding. I don't feel like doing your family tradition. Like, like right. Come on. I don't. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting because it, from what it seemed when, since he was already like out of the family fold and like they were trying to bring him back that he would have just, 
married her. They like play the game. He would like explain it to her, but then they would like leave and not be associated with everything. Um, but again, I, it seems like she would probably laugh it off because like they said in the movie, she was in foster care. She didn't have a family. And so she wants them to like her. And I feel like she probably would have like laughed it off, but kept going until they actually had to do it. But it seems like at the beginning, she would have just stayed because she would have thought it was like all crock, you know? In the beginning, he clearly didn't want to have anything to do with them. His goal was like, you know, do like the rules say we have to have the wedding here and then play the game. And if she didn't pick it, like he wanted to just be out. And so like what happens then, especially if her if her goal is to like be part of a family unit and he's like, I wouldn't have nothing Mm -hmm. to do with these people. Like I imagine that that would create some kind of tension um, when that's like, not like the reason why she's, she's not like marrying him for his family, but like, that that is something that she wanted to have is like being a part of a family. Absolutely. And like, why wouldn't you want to go back to that beautiful mansion and like spend time with those people and, and have that experience. Maybe not spend like, the time with the people, but maybe not spend the time with people, but <laughs> enjoy, enjoy all those medieval torture devices, you know? Oh you yeah. Don't very, go, very you don't want to go do that? <laughs> well, I have to, you kind of talked about it before, like, would you two survive? Listen, there were multiple points in that movie where I was like, I don't know what I would do. And I've spent enough time in my dreams running away from God knows what <laughs> to know that <laughs> I would probably not survive the the first key moment even even when she got into like the little elevator room and was like waiting and then she was just like okay I'm done with this and like opens the door and is just like y'all just find me like my heart was already racing just mm-hmm. from that moment mm-hmm. of and the anticipation of like are they gonna find me what has happened even not knowing what the deal was but just the anticipation of like are they gonna find me am I gonna lose the game but when she fell into that goat pit and when she tried to um climb that fence I I would have been done I would have been out (laughs) down down for the count or when one thing that I would not have done though is when she got the gun from off of the wall and got the bullets and didn't load the gun until she was in a yeah. situation where she needed to load yeah. the gun. That makes no sense. That was sense. annoying. I didn't like that. I also thought it was weird that she like went into that room and didn't close the door behind her when she went in there to like get the gun. It was yeah. like the main room where everything started. And I was like, why? Like they're looking, they're looking for you. What are you doing? Exactly. Like, and you're one of those like yell at your TV screen kind of moments. Yes. <laughs> Yelling at the screen, also like with her wedding dress and like ripping all that stuff off. First, I was like, is that material that would rip off that quickly? I don't think so. Wedding dresses are pretty nicely, nicely made. I don't think that that would be the case. Well, I guess <laughs> You're like, that's where I, I you lost that's me. Where wedding, I dress. <laughs> wedding dress. It's not like, real. <laughs> how fast would you like accept your situation? And between the two of you, like, would you, when you're in a high stakes situation like that, do you get, like Jamie mentioned, like, do you get more or less attuned to details? Would you like close every door behind you, put them, or would you just be so frazzled about like, how do I get out that you wouldn't like strategize it all in your head? Do you, does that make sense? No, absolutely. I would hope that in that situation, I would be on the more detailed side, but I would definitely be playing more of defense than offense. 
Like I wouldn't be trying to go after them so that I don't get killed. I would be just trying to get away or hide until I was able to get into a safe space and be okay. Um, so I, I think that I would be more detail oriented, but on the defense, not offense. <laughs> what about you, Jamie? Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like any of the times where I've been unexpectedly startled <laughs> or like yes. something wild. I, I some, like wild things have happened that I've experienced. And like in some moments, in some moments, I definitely just stand there and I'm like, oh, see, if this was like a murderer, I would be dead. And like that sucks. But like in other moments, I feel like I tried to like, you know, remove myself from like scary situations and like, you know, knew where my exit points were and like did did all of that. But I can't really imagine a world where I would ever like try to fight back. I don't think that's ever been uh, a response that I have had nor will have in the future. When I, when I surprised you with a proposal, um, did you, (laughs) when I like, like what did you look for all the exits? No. Like, okay, the door is behind me, but I also know there's a gate in front of me. Oh, but there's a fire. Um, not like a scary fire, but like there was a fire. Um yes. <laughs> just just in case. Uh clarify, please. I would say that's a different kind of um of uh <laughs> fight or flight type response. I'm I'm really happy you didn't fight or flight. I'm glad Work, you, too. you stayed. I froze. That's fine. You were still there. <laughs> right, and you, exactly. you gave me the answer I was looking for. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. It was, she said yes. Anyone who <laughs> by, the, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um, That's the spoiler so, alert. <laughs> yeah. So one, 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 yes, spoiler alert. One uh, what, uh, acting question for Nikisha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> I think this movie, in my personal opinion, does some good jobs and some bad jobs of establishing relationships between characters. It's a Mm. big cast. It's a family. They all have their different relationships with each other. Which ones did you find that were seem stronger or not? And as an actor, how do you go in the script and create those relationships that you make sure that they serve the plot? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think definitely when you're, reading through a script, you have to, if it, if the script doesn't already give it to you, create your own circumstances and your own backstory in order to have a through line for yourself, even if it's not stated again in the movie or in the script, because then that makes you more believable, if that makes sense, um, because you know what your intentions are and you know why you're saying those things, even though it doesn't uh, come across in the text, it comes across in in how you're presenting the text. Um, Mm -hmm. One relationship that I will say was kind of like fuzzy for me was the aunt who was the flashback and her husband was the one that um, got killed in the hide and seek game. Sure, sure. Yeah. Because you really don't know what that relationship is at the beginning. And then they kind of spring it on you at the end that she was the bride that had to deal with that. And the fact that she was okay with it and had like come to terms with it and was like, this is all about the family. Like I would have liked to have seen that connection because it just went straight from she's crying about her husband dying into, Oh, I'm fully in this now. So to kind of have a little more of a through line uh, for that uh, would have been 
nice for me, but I think how they presented uh, Grace, the the bride, the lead character and her backstory and bringing like little tidbits of that in and the relationship with the son, it made sense with him trying to like help her get out and not go through with it because they already established the fact that he was outside of the family. And I think like you mentioned earlier, Brian with, or, and Jamie with the mother and the matriarch figure uh, of her, like, being like, yeah, fuck this family, but also you're in this family. So, you know, we got to do what we need to do for the family, regardless of, mm-hmm, of what mm-hmm. the situation is. And so I think that was a good uh, setup. The dad was kind of in and out for me. And I don't know about you guys, because his reasoning for things or it, we didn't really hear a lot of um, from him and that's his family, you know? Um, so we didn't really have his point of view except for this is my family and this is what I'm going to do which can be enough because I mean that's generally the plot of the story like this is my family and this is what we have to do so I'm going to do it and in that you know patriarch way but I still would have loved to see more of a through line especially because that the aunt that's his sister you know and I that relationship I never would have like pin them as being family members it was just like the crazy old lady in the background <laughs> so my- i think it's, yeah, it took me a while to like realize that they were actually like blood relatives exactly mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it wasn't state i mean yeah I will, my take on it is aunt helene from the flashback she was truly in love with charles or whatever the guy's name was at the beginning mm-hmm. she basically like super accepted the circumstances of the family because if she didn't then like her fiance who she or husband i guess at that time all that would have been null and void you know what i mean like if you don't if after your husband is murdered by the family for the greater good of the family if you don't believe with everything in your fiber that like you will all perish at dawn i understand kind of why she's the last person of that family to lose a family member through that actual game so while i do think it was a little over the top how it was played mm-hmm. it, it's it was still enjoyable and um um but I, I, I it took me a second to be like oh wait yeah she must be yeah she has to be his sister right yes and it and it's so crazy too because at the end when they think that nothing is gonna happen she said something of like i i won't disappoint you again and she was like, the bride still must die and like goes after her before she like implodes. I don't know. I would have just liked to have a little bit more of her character journey through that. But I understand what you're saying in the sense of like, he would have died for nothing if this, if this is not real. So like, mm-hmm. let it be real. Let me believe this with my whole heart so that- Like I'm all hard. in. Yeah, I'm all in because if this, if this isn't true, then y'all literally killed my husband for no reason. <laughs> Uh, we, I, I mean, you brought it up. Like, we have to talk about the ending. The ending's the best part of the movie. It's quite incredible how it's done, but it's just also so. I don't know. How do you feel about it, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I like it. Like, I I was very satisfied by this movie. I'm satisfied by the ending. Um, I appreciate that there is like comeuppance for for them all. Um, and although I did want to say about the aunt for me, she was too much. So also happy that she was, um, like numero uno to go. (laughs) Yes. No, I thought it was great that it was an actual thing because then in my mind I was thinking, 
oh my gosh, if this isn't a thing, like, is she going to go back to her husband? Is Grace going to go back to her husband after all this has happened? Like, is she going to be like, yeah, this was a crock of shit, but I still love you. So here we go. (laughs) I mean, I will say why I I love this ending. Like I truly loved it in the movie theater and I loved it the second time watching it because like Jamie said, it's incredibly satisfying because you get both versions. You, you, there is a two minute period where you get the version where nothing happened. And this Mm -hmm. whole family in those moments. And I think the acting is really good at the end where they're all just like, Oh shit. Like, None of this was true. What have we done? But like, we need to get rid of her. There's that moment of just like, I can't processing believe- like all of yeah. this, all mm-hmm. of the stuff that that they were like, they put all their belief into, and it turns out to not be true for those moments. What would that do to like the foundations of a human being, Jamie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we have enough time to get into that, but um, <laughs> but I mean, I think even like you can see some of them processing that in that moment, which is also very satisfying, like the weight of all of their history catching up with them in that moment is like, like the way that they're at least you know, portraying it is like a slap in the face for some of them. Some of them, it's like pure fear of like, how do we, like, how do we cover up, you know, her and like this mm-hmm. current active mistake that we're dealing with. You just see them all like processing that in real time. And it's, it's so excellent. And like also very satisfying before they all slowly. And then you get the yeah. other ending where like you get the blood and the guts and the gore and they all get what they fucking deserve. And, and the house the, burns down. down and, then the, <laughs> and then the ghost like gives her a nod. Like, like Satan is just like, good job. You have won. Right. Which is crazy. Uh, and even in, in you, t- you guys talking about it, it makes me think about what if the older brother was still alive? Like, how would he have reacted in those two minutes of thinking that all of this stuff was just not true? Like, I think it was good on the writers to kind of have him die a different way because he's already like been through so much that it was just like, I don't, I don't know what it would have been to see him react in those moments of like especially because he was trying to help her as well and then to for him to have that kind of an ending because he was assisting and helping her get free like right and then there's also the movie trope where like you you die your your death is based on like how much of an awful person you were in it so like i feel like watching him explode with the rest of his family would have been sad and not as satisfying as watching all the people we like learn to like really dislike explode in front of her Mm -hmm. does that make sense no yeah i agree yeah definitely i think like and I think at that point, like the point that he does die before everyone explodes is like him coming to terms with like, you know, having already participated in this up to this point in my life, like I, I'm choosing to like, you know, accept whatever comes for me because at the end he does like save her again when they're about to sacrifice her. And I think that was like, like he, he made the decision. And I think that that, I think either way, they were going to die, but the death that he gets was different because that was a choice that he made when he, when he still could versus at the end where like the decision was essentially made for them because time right. ran out. If that, right. if that makes sense. I guess, and this may be a stupid question, but like, 
we th- we believe that they all exploded because she survived until dawn, not because Aunt Helene said, oh, screw the rules. I'm going to kill the bride anyway. Correct? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Man, this movie is so, and her last line is great, and she has a hole in her hand. How does she not go to prison covered in blood with a, like, uh, the mansion on fire behind her and all this blood and dead. Like, how is this not her? F- I, I don't know. Like, what happens What happens immediately after this movie? Like, how do you tell the story of this to the police when you are the only one who survived? But I think how she could get, and I thought about this, I think how she could have gotten away with it is because it's not like she has inherited any of the money yet. You know what I mean? Like, she, even though she's married into whatever, but she also says like she wants a divorce. I think like disassociating herself from the family and it not seeming like she just wanted to take their fortune and kill all of them so that she can have their fortune for her to be like, I don't want any part of this family, I think could have helped her get away with how it looks, which is right. like, like she killed everyone. What about you? I don't know yeah, if that I makes mean, sense. She's... She's getting arrested. <laughs> 1,000% just getting arrested. I mean, like, yeah, you probably have to be, like, very strategic around, like, what you're saying to the police to to make it out of that as, as positively as possible. But, I mean, because she also, like, doesn't have a family. So then it's like, oh, my God, does she have any, like, character witnesses who'd be able to, like, speak on her behalf? I'm just, like, running through, like, all of the things. But and all these people, like, went to the wedding. So maybe, like, they could say, like, things were normal. I don't know. I'm just, like, I, I – she's getting arrested. I mean, like, if if we're talking about real world, there have been people who have been arrested for less and people who have gotten away with more. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? sure. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it could – it could go – Anyway, any and always. But, Definitely. But, here, but okay, here's another question. He nod. The ghost nods at her at the end. First of all, I wanted more explanation of the little bo- of of Alex seeing the ghost as a boy. Mm. They, they, mm-hmm. Aunt Helene had mentioned, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, and I think that was a part of his like being afraid to get back into the family because he probably he probably believed it to be kind of true because he saw the ghost or doesn't know what he believed. Maybe. But with with at the end, I mean, when the ghost nods, her, does that mean that like? she is now the head of this family because they're all dead. So like the curse passes to her or does that mean like the curse is broken? Do you know what I mean? The pact is done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I want to say that the, the pact is done. I would want to hope that that's the, <laughs> the situation. Jamie? Yeah. Well, what happens? Like, is it only related to weddings and bringing new people into the family? Because, like, maybe she decides that she never gets married again. Like, this first one didn't go very well. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we don't want to do it again. And like, maybe, like, maybe it can safely end with her. I guess. I guess talking about her trust trauma is probably too long for the rest of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, with that all being said... Um, oh, wait. Can I say one more thing? Um, the Hide and Seek song is a bop. Who wants to play a game? It's time for Hide and Seek. Run, run, run. Time to run and hide. Run, run. <laughs> yes. Wow. What a great... 
What a great tune. Was that made for this movie? Did it already? Is there a song that like we can play to play hide and seek? Like, I want to know more. Absolutely. It was, it, it was a, the creepiest song I've ever the, experienced. When it turns back on and, and the disc and the record is warped yes. because of the heat and it still plays is a weirdly an image that like I will remember for a long time. Oh my gosh. So good. Um, so let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Okay. So, <laughs> so I kind of already saw it. <laughs> oh, you did. Okay. So Jamie, so how the Rotten Tomatoes game goes is that I look at the Rotten Tomatoes score and I ask them what they think it is. We are looking at the... Um, we're looking at the critics one, the, t- the, the tomato meter, not the audience score. Um, and then I'll read the critics consensus. But Jamie, what do you, since Nikisha already saw it, Jamie, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes for this movie is? Um, I'm going to guess a 92. Okay. It is an 88. Oops. <laughs> um, smart, it was very close though it was very close smart subversive and funny ready or not is a crowd-pleasing horror film with giddily entertaining bite i agree with that chomp chomp <laughs> insert chomp noises yes <laughs> all of the post-production <laughs> cool should we do our uh four s's Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> yes. The talking horror, four S's, yes. Insert so sli- snake sounds here. Yes, Slytherin. <laughs> yes, Slytherin. Um, <laughs> um, cool. Just as a reminder, the four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. So for skulls, we're talking about kind of how they handle um, the emotional human behavior, mental mental health aspect of things, um, if it applies. Scares are just kind of the genuine jump scares and things of that nature. Shakes are how, how can you shake it off? Like how much does it stick? Um, or maybe we should have done stick instead of shake. It doesn't matter. And, um, <laughs> and uh, suggestions. We'll name another movie that's kind of like this that like you could potentially enjoy as well. So... Um, who wants to go first? I'll go uh, for the skulls. And we dove a lot into the psychology of this. So I'm going to give it a seven. Um, in just discussing this, it's a lot deeper than I remembered. And it's good, good conversations about like trauma and trust issues and generational things. So yeah, I'll give it a seven. I would agree. I'd also give it a seven. I think like the family stuff and and using um you know using this uh needing to sacrifice as like the the thing that keeps the family together and keeps the family this family unit i think is really interesting and like a, an interesting way to kind of like explain the things that that were you know pulled pulled by drawn back to our families back to that blood that's thicker than water I hate, I, I hate that phrase so much. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. I'll also give it a seven. I, echoing what you two said, I was genuinely surprised at how how much this really, not always deep dives into it, but hints at certain things and really creates layers of, of, of the family. So I definitely appreciated that. Nikisha, scares. Uh, I would say a three. There wasn't a lot of jump scares or things that like came at me. Uh, 
Yeah, def- but definitely that nail in the hand every time. So three. Jimmy. I think I would give it a four because, yeah, not really very many jump scares. I think the things that are the most startling are every time one of the maids gets murdered. Yes. <laughs> um, because, like, those parts are, like, un- well, maybe except for the dumbwaiter part. Yeah, there aren't too many, uh, like, jump scares in this movie. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four as well. The the jump scares in this movie definitely got me. Like, a, uh, one of the MVPs of this movie for me is uh, the butler who sings opera. Love him. Yes. Um, he had a lot of those, which I appreciated. Some of the, like, gory stuff is, is that way. And honestly, like, the first time I saw it and Aunt Helene exploded, like, that totally took me by surprise. The thing is, you're expecting it this time. But the first time, like, it truly, like, whoa, what is happening? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So I'm going to give that a four um, for me. Also, all this is out of 10. I don't know if we said that. Oh, yeah, out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call, good call. Um, uh, and who, uh, and Nikisha, how much can you shake this off? Is this like a 10, like, I can't shake this off? Or is this a one, be like, one and done, forgot, done? Yeah, I, I would, I think I gave it, I initially gave it a zero. It's just like, it's good in the moment, and I feel everything in the moment, but at the end of the day, I'm not like super lingering or there's not a scene or a moment like in the lodge that I'm thinking about days after, but I enjoyed, I was definitely enjoying it in the moment. So I'll, I'll give it a, let's give it a two. I'm going to give it a two. On oh, shakes. wow. Okay. Jamie. I'm going to give it a one just because I think the thing that really sticks with me is like that it's just such a great movie. I would say like the, the shock of the ending because they make you think that like really it's not real. And then like the unexpected, like more satisfying ending was like, Oh, I can't believe they like did that. And I, I like that, that I think kind of stuck, stuck with me a little bit, but yeah, very, very small. Oh, wow. I have it at a seven. (laughs) And and, and mostly because of the ending. I just think this ending is so perfect when people, I think it's actually funny. I think it's well-crafted. I think that like the buildup is great. I, I risk when someone says ready or not, like I think like this is a great, like, comedy action a horror movie it's so hard to end any movie but like to end a horror movie that like is truly like is is like cathartic and like Mm -hmm. satisfactory and satisfying like i just think this nails it like no pun intended yeah pun intended it nails it um nails um but i also think about a lot of other nail movies like home alone and (laughs) a, a, a quiet place is this the second um, time? Didn't we bring up Home Alone last time? Yes, we did. Well? <laughs> oh, did we really? Yeah. Oh, yeah now yeah. this is a Home Alone stand podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obsessed. Um, cool. All right. So suggestions. Um, who has suggestions of other things that you could watch? Yes, I do. I thought about it this time. Uh, so <laughs> as far as like another game horror movie that I enjoy, I would say Would You Rather starring Brittany Snow. It's uh, more serious than this, and the twist at the ending is also phenomenal. But they—I've well, never seen that. They is that the like, one where, like, in the picture on Netflix, is just yes. the um, the razor blade and the, the eye. razor blade against the eye? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. It's yeah, a. It's I, a I good haven't one. watched it. Oh my gosh, you guys! It's so great. <laughs> we'll you, put it on our list for it. this week. Yeah, just uh, I would watch that. Yeah, it's just I like they just played. Would you rather? Oh, and she's great. Her eyes, yeah. her eye acting. Wasn't yes. she, she was in the, the remake of, um, another horror movie. Was it the, the prom? Yes. 
And I want to say that I watched it and LOL, we had a drinking game of how many times they had somebody hiding in the closet. (laughs) And let's just say after 30 minutes, I was down for the count. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, it's an interesting movie. I'll just say that. (laughs) All right, Jamie, do you have a suggestion? I think, oh, I think it had come up when, when we were rewatching it, but only because we watched it recently, like outside of this podcast, but it reminded me a little bit of your next. Um, oh my gosh. I, that was my second choice. <laughs> Just, yes. Yeah. Like it's, it has the vibes of like, you know, being stalked in this like big old house um, yes. and like, and trying to survive and um, you know, doing, doing what we need to do. Definitely. Like I would say, I, I think that, I think rather or not, is more effective in, in that type of movie. And I also kind of like, I guess it's different because like in, in, in this movie, some things that happen are like unintentional and she gets like lucky. Um, whereas in your next, um, you know, the, the main character is, is like very resourceful and like has kind of trained in like a past life, um, in this particular circumstance. Well, so. yeah. Talk about like flight or flight, fight or flight. Like she is on the offense, like throughout that mm-hmm. whole movie mm-hmm. and your next, she is like, I, it's either me or you and I'm going after all of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's my recommendation. That's a good one. That was also going to be my recommendation, but I guess I can go with um, the strangers Mm-hmm. Is, is something i mean it's it's not funny there's no black comedy aspect of it it's just like a terrifying kind of hunt you in your home type of movie not demonic just like kind of horrible but i think your next is a really good pick for something that relates to this that about sums it. sums it up yes well thank you guys for uh joining Thanks. and listening with us we appreciate it you can follow us uh on instagram and twitter at talk horror pod pod talk horror pod on instagram or twitter and give us any suggestions of movies that you want us to uh talk about and talk about the mental behaviors of the human mind so thank you guys for listening and we just want to thank you or jamie do you have anything to add I don't think so. More, okay. thank you. More thank yous. <laughs> More all of the thank yous. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple yes. uh, Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. <laughs> yes. And thank you. <laughs> thank you. And we just want to sign off by saying, it has to be the bride. Hail Satan. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.